Hey everybody, Jack here. Um, and probably most of you already know uh, what I'm about to say, but I have some very unfortunate, tragic news. Um, on Monday night, we lost Riley Gale, um, singer of the band Power Trip, also friend of uh, the show, and in fact, listener of the show too. Um, he's been on here three times. Um, I've considered him a good friend, and um, I don't know. I'm, I'm everybody that knows Riley is completely shocked, and I don't think anybody. I'm. We're all devastated. Um, I got the news, man. I got the news Tuesday, and just like immediately, absolutely broke down. <laughs> I was, was just bawling, crying, um, and didn't stop, dude. I didn't stop crying till I went to bed. I was just crying. <laughs> um. Which is crazy because I mean I've lost I've lost people before um, I've lost uh, friends family in fact this is not even this isn't the first guest of the show um, that we've lost this isn't even the second guest it's just crazy um, but Riley uh, is hit me particularly hard and I think a, a lot of people feel the same way um, so I, I wanted to do an episode um, for Riley. Um, specifically this is um this is a, a patreon episode that i recorded with him a while ago it, it's most of a patreon episode i took some parts out that just weren't really relevant or it's just me talking um i i kind of just wanted to let riley tell some stories um the full episode's on there but i i wanted to put this out on the main feed um for many reasons um and if you haven't heard it before, uh, episode 154, Riley joined us and told us what I consider to be one of the best stories uh, to ever be on this podcast. It's about um, Riley and some friends pretending to be Jewish so that they could sneak onto a birthright trip to Israel uh, when they were young to get a free vacation. Um, and not only that, but just all of the antics that ensued. Um, it sounds fake. This definitely did happen. In fact, I really would love to talk to, uh, the, the guys, um, that he went on this trip with. Um, and I've been trying to find pictures from it. I only found one so far, but, um, maybe I'll be able to follow up with that later. Um, but Riley, you know, he knew so many people and he had so many stories. Um, it's, it's crazy. I, I, I just wanted to, I want to put out this episode and I want to talk about Riley a little bit. I promise I, I won't turn this into a personal therapy session, even though I maybe do need that this week. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to I wanted to talk about Riley because I think a lot of you guys knew him from the show. There's probably a lot of fans of Power Trip who listen to this, and um, and Riley literally listened to this show. Um, so I want to do it. I just wanted to pay respects in my own way that I that I can. Um, Riley, Riley listened to, yeah, but still, he would text me after every episode. In fact, he was aggressively trying to get a certain guest, a certain dream guest onto this show, and he was making very serious prog progress with that. In fact, our last conversations uh, were about that. He sent me this person's phone number. Nothing has happened with it yet. I don't know if it ever will. Um, you might even be able to guess who the person is. I'm not going to say who it is. I'm not going to put him on blast, um, but... Riley has um was tirelessly working on this for no reason. I did not ask him to. He um that's just how he was. Um he was just trying to help 
he was going to gain nothing from it. Um, and he was just like that. And since he's passed and people have come out with these stories about him, I've realized he, he was like that for so many people all over the world. I've been completely shocked at uh, the range of people um, coming out and, um, you know, talking about Riley. He has met, he was a friend to so many people. And um, I think his girlfriend said it best that um, he treated everybody like his best friend. Um, and he really did. In fact, um, if you were a fan of uh, Power Trip, I guarantee you he cared just as much about you as he did about me or anybody else he knows. I mean, he really, he treated everybody like an equal. And um, he was he was willing to help you and uh, the people he cared about um, no matter what. He would help you even if you asked him not to help you, which has happened multiple times with me on small scales. Like something like he, you know, like you ask something kind of like passively and you realize it's like going to be too hard um, for the person to make it happen. He, he, and he just insists, 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 insists. That's what he was like. And um, I mean, he had such an effect on the world. I, I, I'm still completely devastated days later. I don't know if I'll ever really get over this. And I think there's a lot of people that feel the same way or worse. Um, he just, um, he was a connector that left a, a giant, giant hole. And um, not to mention the hole he leaves in, in music. Um, I loved Power Trip. They were probably one of my favorite bands. Um, I think what I especially liked about them is that they were, um, I mean, I grew up listening to metal and hardcore and punk. Uh, it was really, really important to me growing up. Um, I think it's just like a super, like, I don't want to go into personal therapy session, but I mean, it, to me, it was important. I think there's like, there's music like that is a, is an outlet for emotions that like, there's really nowhere else to put it when you're young and you're angry and you have rage and you're confused and frustrated you everything around you doesn't match that when you're young you know everything's happy you're told that everything's supposed to be um happy and like the tv shows and like it's isolating when you feel those emotions you don't feel normal like you think you're wrong and then for me like when i first heard music like that it was huge for me. I was blown away the first time I heard like heavy music that wasn't Limp Bizkit or Corn. Like the first time I heard a hardcore band, I was like, holy shit. Um, like somebody feels like that, you know, like there's people, there's something for that feeling, you know? And, um, and ever since then, like not only that, like, like that music and, uh, the community of a scene and those shows, I just think it's hugely important. It's hugely important to have an outlet for that. And there's not many outlets like that left. There's no demand. I mean, it's very it's very hard to um to be in a band like that because there's no you don't start a, a metal band telling yourself like, "Oh yeah, we're going to be millionaires from this." No, like you start a hardcore band, you start a metal band or a punk band like expecting to play rooms um like literal rooms where there's more people on stage than there are in the crowd. That's like usually the path. Power Trip uh, was getting big, as big as you can be. 
and I think they are going to get bigger. Um, they were really like paving a way. They were um, they were an accessible band, um, and they didn't make any compromises musically. Uh, they were the real deal. But I think for a lot of people, it was like the first band of that genre that they ever listened to. And I was always so thrilled when um, when I would hear somebody say that. And there's been some comments um, on my like Instagram posts and stuff, and people who have said that they started listening to this band from the podcast. That makes me so happy. Like, I mean, this is, you know, this music and like the music scene um, was, you know, a big part. Uh, it was a big deal to me growing up. And it's just like something that I'm I'm happy to see somebody uh, experience too, especially for the first time at their show at, at the power trip shows. I would always be able to tell when there was somebody in the crowd who had never been to a show like that. Um, but was doing it for the first time and loved it and like possibly needed it real bad, you know, like really letting loose. You could, uh, you could always recognize that. And it made me super, super happy. Um, and I mean, I bring this all up to say that, um, there's not any outlets for that anymore. There's very, very few and those feelings still exist and they're probably more prevalent than ever, but there's not a constructive place to put those feelings. There's nowhere you could just go work those out and leave them there um, and be with other people that feel the same way. There's there's not much of that anymore. And when there's not that, it's really isolating. And I have to imagine that it's maybe even worse now for everybody, like in the world of like TikTok and stuff, to be to be feeling those uh, that way and um and culture is even more algorithmic now where you have like, like social media, like literally prefers, uh, videos featuring people that are smiling. Um, it's just, I mean, we live in a really heavy era and, and there's no, it, it's hard to be a band like that. If you want, there's, there's no, there's no path to success. You don't start a, a hardcore, band or a metal band thinking that like oh oh this is a get rich quick scheme you know we're gonna be on the radio you don't do that you do it expecting to be playing shows where there's more people on stage than in the crowd um and the only way to make something like that happen um is to build a scene yourself piece by piece which is exactly what riley did um and riley was like a leader in that sense and power trip not only built their own scene they got, they grew out of it and they were, they got big, they got big enough that they were really just paving the way for a genre, um, the genre really itself. Um, and I was so happy and so excited, um, to see that growth. That's, that's unusual. Um, and, and Riley, um, beyond just being the singer of a band, he was really like paving the way for something big. Um, and he had big dreams. So that's another reason why I, um, I'm really gutted by this. You know, it, it's much bigger than just losing somebody, you know, I losing a friend is one thing. It, it is really hard to lose a friend and just be like, Oh, I, I don't get to see that person again. That's hard. But, um, I was a fan of this band and more than that, I think, um, Riley was just doing something objectively good for the world. He's a force for good in the world. Um, and a connector, and really, like, um, the the brain of a large machine um, consisting of so many people and different facets and all different uh, communities. Um, he was the glue that held them together. And, and 
pulling that apart, like just plucking him from that is such a void. It leaves such a void. And it's like just imagining a world without Riley to me is so hard um, to think about and to know that there's nobody that could really replace a guy like that. Um, I apologize if I'm rambling, but, um, Oh yeah, it's very sad. Um, very sad to lose him. So this episode is about, um, is, is me and Riley. Uh, this was a Patreon episode we recorded. Um, he, dude, he was such a good storyteller. Um, like on top of how many people he helped, this man knew how to tell a story and he knew how to talk. Um, really knew how to talk. He had stories for days. There was a time when I was trying to call an Uber. In fact, I did call an Uber. I had to cancel several of them because Riley was standing outside with me and Chelsea and told us this story that ended up being like an hour and a half long with all of these twists and turns. And it was a really good story. I mean, I remember it. I'm, I'm not going to retell it because I could never do it justice. Uh, there were so many twists and turns. And it was one of those things where like, next thing you know, like we went outside to call an Uber. And next thing you know, it's like an hour and a half later. And I'm standing in the middle of the street, like listening to Riley finish this story up. He could just do it on command um, and completely encapsulate you. And I, I know I mentioned the Israel story, episode 154, Birthright. If you never heard that one, you got to go back and listen to it. I mean, it's just a, a bonkers story. He's lived, he's lived a very, very big, full life, and um, and met so many people. I've just been completely baffled by the people who have come out of the woodwork, um, who Riley was friends with. Um, I mean, he's you know he was just constantly living, uh, two times as much as me, um. He was just going full force at all times. In fact, um, this episode that we recorded um, makes me really sad to think about because it was this was the last time I saw him in person. Um, this was in December. Um, this was their last tour. Um, he was texting me that he was coming into town and um, we wanted to hang out, but he was just saying like that he is exhausted and hasn't showered or sl- he hasn't slept in 24 hours. He's, he can't sleep on this bus because it's just like freezing and like bouncing around and he needs to shower, but they don't have a hotel yet. And um, he was just bitching. I'm like, dude, please like come over and shower. I have a house now. Like, please. I have like, you could take a nap, shower, just like come through. We don't have to hang out. Like I'm working. Just come through and like use my house and chill. Like, please. And he's like, okay, actually that sounds good. I will. Um, and um, he came through took a very much needed shower um, and then was going to take a nap. But like literally like a little kid, I like couldn't get him to take a nap. He wanted to record an episode of the podcast. And I was like, dude, please like just like fucking nap, dude. Um, you have didn't sleep last night. Like I was tired looking at him. You know, I, I was feeling how tired he was, but he like cracked open a monster or something. And he's like, no, let's record, man. Like I'll be fine. And um, just wouldn't do it. But um. We ended up recording this episode. Um, it's cool that I have the conversation recorded. Um, you know, like not... That's the the hardest part about losing somebody is like you want to talk to them one more time. Um, and you can't. But it's it's nice that I, I have these recorded, I guess. Um, and um, some of these stories, I'm glad that I have them um, 
just preserved, you know, because he had so many of them. But, um, man, I don't know. I'm not going to be getting over this anytime soon. Um, this is uh, really, really fucking hard and surprising. In fact, I'm definitely still in shock. Like, I don't like this feels completely made up talking about it right now. I'm like, I, I uh, it sounds like I'm I feel like I'm like reading a script eulogizing Riley. Nothing about this year feels real and especially not this. Um but um yeah, without further ado, this is um this is previously a Patreon episode with me and Riley. Um I just described when we recorded it. Um I thought it would be good to put it out on the made feed. Um and yeah, on behalf of uh myself, Brandon, yeah but still and our listeners um Rest in peace, Riley Gale. We'll miss you and we love you. All right, everybody. Welcome to an episode, an episode of Yeah But Still. I don't know what it's going to be exactly, but it's me, Jack, here by myself. <laughs> and I have uh, Riley from Power Trip returning to the podcast. I'm once back again. again. I just uh, showed up. Yeah, you're actually, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We didn't, we kind of planned on doing this, but you really came over here with your Garnier Fructis. I did shampoo over I, there. I I have you know you gotta um, have some nice shampoo. I mean, I was trying road. to so Your I was trying to get you on night. the pod. Yeah, and um, we were gonna do it, but then you didn't sleep last night, no. and you're kind of telling me about your your touring situation. And I honestly was just like, dude, what? <laughs> do you need to take a bath? <laughs> like, you want to just I, come over and I use my couch? It. If I knew that you had such a nice bath, I would have brought like an Epsom salt bomb or something. And oh, I have some yeah, salts just, if you needed them. Just spread out, but lit some oh, candles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're we're in this thing called the bandwagon. It's what you would use, uh, I guess, between touring in a van and like a full tour bus. But essentially, it's like a redneck camper built on the back of a small freight liner. It's like a moving truck with bunks and it's like, like a common area. It's like if you took area. like a box truck. Yeah. And built it out. Yeah. So there's no, there's no like suspension or anything on it. There's a generator that runs inside of it. So it's two like axles. always loud. For the truck heads, it's a two axle. Two axle. It's like a small freight liner that tows it. So they're not connected. Yeah. And then, and then we drag a trailer, but the, it's like, it's like being in a boat. You feel every bump in the road, you know, like what the, some of the guys are in these top bunks that are like 10 feet off the ground. So it, like the heavy guys have to sleep in the top. If I slept in the top, I would I would actually get thrown out of the bunk. Have you been thrown out of the bunk before? I have been thrown out of the bunk before. And Damn, it does not feel good. We had a we had a, uh, our merch guy on another tour get thrown out of like the top bunk, and he like fell on this table and fucked himself up so bad that he had to like go get checked out and like yeah he, he like like herniated a disc or some shit like that yeah like, i heard a sciatica so if they're you know I'm, I'm, touring's not glamorous people it say not. it let's people say that let's be real but um i mean At i've experienced level, it firsthand a little bit yeah. i took photos on tour with waves for a little while but not even a full leg of the tour shout out yeah shout, shout out, out to waves shout out Homies. uh but um it was just like they had a sprinter it's not even the comfort thing is one, you know, like you're, you know, it sucks being on the road that long. Yeah. But it's just like if one person gets sick, 
everybody gets sick oh, and then yeah. everybody's always a little sick somehow this thing is like an infection incubator because there's not really a lot of way to circulate yeah and it's and and uh uh it's been cold most of the places that we are so we're not running the ac that usually pumps in fresh air so like the heater is just like a a space heater oh yeah so you just have like this stale air cooking overnight while everyone is like coughing and farting and just like that's pro- that's the worst part it's, it, it's definitely it, worse for bands I, I i could see a tour being okay for like a dj or something but like I, when you get that many dudes in a one vehicle it is remarkably similar to going to county jail <laughs> have you gone to county jail uh, one time not long it didn't do a lot of time but you know you i've also watched you know 90 days in or whatever yeah. and and the so so we all have our little, you know, it's like our, our little pod and we have like a common area where we can basically make the equivalent of prison food. It's like sandwiches. Yeah. We bought a $10 toaster oven and there's a microwave, but it's like, yeah, a lot of and like you, you ramen fu- You fuck sandwiches. your guitarist for protection. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I make him, <laughs> I make him, band. I make him, I make him, uh, uh, put his hand in my pocket and walk around with <laughs> you me. You take it too serious. You're like wearing but, a hairnet. Yeah. You're like, got, bro, I'll blow you for protection. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, bl- I don't want I don't want to get even beat up, darker. Bro. It's like I really want to make a Frito pie. I'll blow you for that bag of Fritos. Yeah, exactly. There. But yeah, every day we get out, we get let out into Gen Pop for a few mm. hours, which is like the show. Yep. And then our set is like our yard time. You know, oh so yeah, so working that's out. Where we're like working out. You know? Yeah. And, <laughs> and when then, you could get stabbed. And then it's like get to, and when we I could get I get shit thrown at me. Yeah, fights break out. Yep. Yeah. That's where it's where the the yep. rioting happens, and then we get shuttled onto this thing and we drive overnight and I don't sleep while it's moving. So I've basically been doing a lot of like sleeping during the day. So the plan just sounded rough. It's because you were like trying to explain it to me when we were planning on like the logistics. That's the work that goes into this podcast. Mostly is like figuring out when the fuck we could do it. But like, yeah, it was just like, yeah, we're going to drive in overnight. So I'll wake up at the Regent tomorrow morning and text you. Yes. And uh, so at like 10 a.m. you texted me just like, bro i didn't sleep like yeah and you're just in downtown la like that's a terrible place to find yourself no sleep you just wake up in downtown la in the rain you know it was crazy i walked to the starbucks to really have a morning relief and the starbucks there did not have a public restroom oh yeah it was the only starbucks i've been in ever like even in new york that doesn't usually that's the band like if the venue isn't open that's the band go-to is like find a starbucks Mm -hmm. and and i couldn't use it there so yeah you didn't see it or they didn't let you no they just wouldn't let me they might have thought you were homeless yeah i look a little homeless right now yeah 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 it it happens i'm not used to getting walking in with a towel (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> just the towel like that sucks looking like i'm in a bird bath i mean i'm gonna sound insensitive here no and i do not feel uh you know i feel i feel for the homeless in fact brandon's volunteering for the homeless right now but have you That's ever have here. you ever been in That's a bathroom a where a homeless guy is doing like the full shower experience in the bathroom oh yeah oh the truck stops yeah like it's just a, like a, a lot of the truckers just like won't showers they'll just yes. they'll, they'll just bird bath so we'll be in like a flying J or something and there'll be a guy who smells horrible and he thinks that like putting some of that like lava grease, you yeah, know, like yeah, the yeah, super thick industrial soap like 
on them and washing their faces like enough and it's like they're just turning this you smell like you've been shitting your pants for a week straight yeah yeah it's just essential oils but of dirt and those it's a bad experience those those we've spent a lot of times in truck stops on this tour and i've gotten to learn truck stop showers are incredible really get this like whole private room they clean it after you every time it's like a very nice experience and they're cheap as hell they're like three dollars or something like that that's not too and bad. And you can spend as much time in there, shit, shower, shave, you know, take your time, relax. And then, uh, like, you know, but these guys, are, you know, these people out there on the road, they just refuse to use it. We've seen so, the most gnarly people we've seen on this tour are always at the truck stops. And if I like was truckers. the mayor of LA, if I was Eric Garcetti, I would just build some Flying J truck stops around the city. To help the homeless community. That wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, if they have a couple bucks and they want to go in and, and shower. Just yeah, yeah. Work with Flying, Flying J, J has a, has a There's lounge. There's Flying J truck stops all over they LA. They just need now. to make it like a <laughs> homeless slash trucker lounge. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a great open drug market, too. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it already exists, but yes. There's Do you see some crazy shit at the truck stops? I mean, I haven't seen anything crazy per se. We had a really... A uh, wild part on this tour where we got trapped in Cheyenne, Wyoming on like this huge winter tour. Ooh. And um, I posted a video of it, but it was like it wasn't snowing, but the wind was so bad. It was 18 degrees outside, felt like negative one. And this, the snow was just blowing where there was no visibility. And we were trapped there for like a whole day. So I didn't really leave because it was like too miserable to walk over to the truck stop. But when I got up the next day, there was like a McDonald's within like 25 yards of me. (laughs) But the visibility was so low that we just couldn't see it. And like, I guess a bunch of the rest of the band tried to go eat at Denny's and they like were making up items on the fly because they had like served 700 people who were just trapped because all the highways were closed. So uh, one of our... (laughs) Our bass player got like a, a chicken tender sandwich and it was like <laughs> chicken tenders between like two pieces of toast, not even like Texas toast. I think a piece of lettuce and like some mayonnaise. And he was like, what? The, yeah. What, what? What? And they're like, OK, we're not going to charge you. We know what, what it, they knew that this was just, <laughs> like, just like giving you food. You're like, you could only if have one option. Enough, food. Eat this. Yeah. It's so. food. It costs twelve dollars. It's a flat rate. We're just gonna give you. Food. Yeah, yeah. So it's spend a lot of time in Walmart parking lots. That's not the time when you guys almost froze to death, right? No, you that was back in twenty sixteen. So the first time we used the bandwagon tour, we we left this show in Norfolk to get to New York. We had to like move around a bunch of shows. Can't like New York was supposed to be on a Saturday. I got moved to a Monday or whatever. But as soon as we left. The worst storm in the eastern seaboard hit at, like, right when we left. It was the worst in 100 years, and we had to drive through it, and the the generator went out. So, and you're not connected to the driver. Our driver was, uh, uh, it was his first time driving a bandwagon. He was pretty inexperienced. Obviously, we got out alive, but it just goes, the generator goes out and goes pitch black. There's no source of power to the back of that. You guys are just cargo. So, yeah, we're just cargo. So we're sitting in the dark, huddled together. There's, like, ice forming on the inside because it's just, like, a thin sheet of metal surrounding the whole thing. 
We're just like drinking whiskey to stay warm. We're considering opening the windows and burning trash <laughs> for for warmth. <laughs> and we just like drink until we can't anymore and climb in our bunks and for like eight hours just have this like near death experience where everyone's like iPods and iPhones are dying and we're like, Well, this is it. Any minute now. I remember our uh our driver pulled over to get gas and he was like trying to rip start the 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 generator and he's he's just like having a mental breakdown just screaming out cocksucking motherfucker i'm going to kill myself all this crazy shit and then that blind lemon song no rain starts to <laughs> kick in so it's like oh my at the gas station and then yeah and the lyrics kick in and i'm like this is the last thing I'm going to hear before I die. That would be awful. Yeah, it was It was like an eight-hour near-death experience just ongoing. And it we, we got there alive, but it was like, it was so terrifying. So we've had worse experiences in these things. but um, Dude, I don't know if I've ever I told mean, this story on the podcast, but oh, if please. I have, I'll keep it brief. But it was when I was a very young production assistant in Chicago, and I was doing this... I thought it was like... You lived in Chicago? Yeah, I'm from Chicago. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. But like at that point, I thought everything was like a great opportunity. So I was like a production assistant working for like one guy who's probably like the equivalent of me now. He's like a director and he was like directing something for the White Sox, but it was just like three people working with him. Sure. And um, we were shooting in the stadium during the winter inside. So we're inside the stadium in like a box or whatever doing You're interviews. R- Wrigley? Uh, the or, White Sox. Okay, yeah. okay. Oh, so, okay. All right. Yeah, US Cellular, I think yeah, it's yeah, called. Yeah, cellular, now. Yeah. But um, so we do this for like three days and this snowstorm keeps getting worse. And I'm getting like slowly getting sick. What uh, year is this? Was this the year of one the, of the polar vortexes? Yes. Yes, I was living this was in like Chicago a famous at the time. Blizzard. Oh, you'll, yeah. Once later in the story, you'll know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about if you lived there. Mm-hmm. But so like, and. Soldier Field's on the south side. I live right. in Wicker Park, which is like northwest side. Yeah. I was but, in um, Humboldt. But uh, so, dude, so this sh- shoot on the third day is going, and I'm like, I'm doing some kind of camera job. I think I was operating B-cam, and uh, I should not have even gone to this shoot, but it was one of those, it was so small. that What's like, a B-cam? It's like the second camera. It's not okay. like the most important one, but it's okay. like a second camera angle. But I kept like, I had the stomach flu at this point, so I would like excuse myself to go vomit in mm-hmm. the bathroom then come back and not tell anybody and the director knew i eventually told him i'm like dude i'm very sick but he's like just hold it together like this guy should have sent me home he's like kind of yeah. an asshole how long is this day this shooting day like you know 12 hours okay yeah and um at this point i'm like the the blizzard's like happening we're the only ones in the stadium though and mm-hmm. the guy the field manager keeps coming or whatever the groundskeeper he's like keeps coming he's like you guys got to get out of here soon there's like a blizzard yeah and he's like and he's like, just a little bit more. The director's like, a little bit longer, a little bit longer. And then finally, like, the field manager, the groundskeeper is like, I'm getting out of here. Like, you guys have to pack up and go. Yeah. Like, I'm leaving. Yeah. And bef- right before this happened, I'm watching, like, billboards fall down, like, damage happening to the oh, stadium. absolutely. Yeah. Like, there's, like, I, they have these huge, huge banners, you know, that kind of go over billboards. Right. They're like coming down and they're so huge. They're covering like the seats and like whipping around this empty stadium. Damn. And I'm like dizzy. That's got to so be a we crazy like, yeah, scene. Yeah. So we finally like we pack it up. He's still I'm like telling him like, dude, can we just leave the gear here and like we'll come get it. 
tomorrow can we like leave everything like blah yeah. blah and he's like making us do shit and um eventually we he's like all right we'll leave the gear just take the van home and i'm like trying to <laughs> i don't know i guess it was like my only way home and also like i was like can somebody else drive dude i'm like this is really tough and he was like sorry you know like he's going to his hotel and so i have to drive down oh. lakeshore drive in this empty 12 passenger van oh. which those are not really meant to be driven without like passengers A lot of or gear yeah because yeah. it's like mm-hmm. the back uh will just skid out yes if there's nothing in it yes so i just start driving and this i'm like sicker than i've ever been now i have like a fever and i'm throwing up basically constantly yeah and i just power through i hop on lakeshore did you throw up while you're driving all the time so, so window like, window down window it's down. snowing in my face yeah and the visibility is so <laughs> low i can't see anyway so i'm like tears in my eyes i'm like puking on the side of the van and like on myself and like i literally can't see anything so i'm just like praying and like i could kind of see a red light in front of me of like another car and i've driven this route this highway so many times i could kind of like tell where i am and um dude it's just i'm like fishtailing all over this giant highway as soon as you hit the brake like literally not like there's no point where i'm driving normally i'm like literally just fishtailing around the highway and i'm like I've already accepted, like, I'm going to crash the van at some point. Yeah. Like, that's fine. I would like to get not on Lakeshore Drive. Hopefully, I crash, like, later so I could, like, walk somewhere that's yeah. not next to the lake. Yeah. I'm, like, literally assuming, like, Which okay, is the I, will, I will part. crash. Like, yeah. this is crazy. And so, I somehow make it, like, just by puking and, like, sheer luck, I make it, like, sure to will. an exit. Yeah. Past Lakeshore Drive, I get off, like in the loop and my friend's house is like i know a friend lives like over there and so like i'm trying to drive around like downtown chicago and like park it so that i could like walk somewhere and i just fucking like give up because i'm so just distraught and i'm like dude i i don't know i'm like i'm gonna leave the van yeah like leave it on if you're from chicago you'll know i was like state state street and um like fucking whacker is like i don't know like Mm -hmm. Like somewhere like really populated. Yes. I leave it like in an intersection. <laughs> There's like nobody yeah. around. I'm like, dude, like they could tow it. Like they'll either tow it and I'll just pick it up and like pay the fee. Yeah. Safely. Like it'll be better for a tow truck to get rid sure. of it. Sure. Or they won't tow it. I don't know. Maybe I'll find it tomorrow. I'm like, I need to sleep. So I like go. It's full blizzard and I like uh go and pass out for like 16 hours because I'm so sick. You finally make it to your place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And okay. um wake up and like i see on the tv it's, i wake up like noon so it's like i'm like oh the van's gotta be gone mm-hmm. but i wake up and like the tv it's that whole story about like there's like 600 cars uh Just abandoned on lakeshore drive <laughs> and they show the aerial footage i remember so, like, this yeah you weren't yeah. even allowed to drive on it there's like s- cops making people stop and leave their cars yeah and not only that, there's cars all over the place, like the highway of death or something. So, so by a sheer miracle, I was like fishtailing and not hitting cars that were abandoned. And like oh, nobody you stopped couldn't even me. see them because they're turned off. Yeah. And I was like not even allowed to drive on it. Like yeah. there should have been like there probably were cops that I passed. Sure. But I just wasn't paying attention. Or the visit was it a white van? It was. Oh, yeah. It was like a white van. So like maybe van. the visibility. <laughs> they didn't it was even so see low. You. I couldn't even see anything. Yeah. In front of yeah. Me. But the sheer luck. And then I go outside and like. This is like a record blizzard. So, of yes. course, like the van's in the middle of this busy intersection, but there's nobody around. It's a fucking ghost town on a Tuesday or whatever. Yeah. 
and I had to like hire some guys to just, you know, uh, snow blow me out or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I managed to like go actually park it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so right. So on. So that, it all worked out on that hell ride, where the generator went out. We got stuck in this. Uh, this gas station parking lot with, and there was like six truckers stuck there too. And these, these two guys running this gas station wouldn't get someone. We're in like the middle of Maryland and some, they wouldn't get someone to come out and plow or they were like all the, the, the plowers are busy or whatever. And so we started like, like we had like a hundred feet to get out of this lot and we start like taking shovels and, and everything and digging like three foot, snow like paths Jesus foot by foot and just like inching the bandwagon forward and then our bass player finds like a son and his dad clearing out like their farm driveway up the hill a little bit and they've got like a mini caterpillar so we offer them a bunch of money and the kid comes down and clears us out for free in like 15 minutes really cool but I noticed as we were leaving the two attendants at the gas station left their keys in the front door of the of the, the gas, gas station, station refused to help you guys they right? were refusing to help people are like you can't do this like we're basically being held against our will like it's your job to get someone to like, plow your own gas you're station. not you shouldn't be letting people drive into this gas station if they can't drive out yeah. this is like bullshit and uh and so i i grabbed their keys out of the front door you know jangled them and i was like hey boys do you need these and they both look up and they're like "Uh uh-oh and i just launched them as hard and as far as i can into like the biggest like snow pile i can see and i was like good luck getting home tonight assholes so that was uh that was some nice little revenge this uh, is a really funny episode so far just like hardships just 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 <laughs> just hard but it's how cool is this it is like when you get Brandon's through that here. when you get through that and you're like i did that yeah you know you're like i survived that like it's like i don't think of myself as like this big badass person you can put up with yeah. a lot of punishment but then you go through something that dark and you're like i can handle just like really a, shitty. i can handle a lot you know yeah. my funny story well it's not hilarious but it's pretty pretty Oh, by Pretty the way, funny, the worst part is that I told that stupid fucking director all that shit, like oh, what I went through, and, and he's he like, want to help you." He was at just all. like, "Sorry." This was like an L.A. guy to me. He was from L.A., I think. I yeah, would love to, I should track him down and see what he's up to. That motherfucker. But I told him he's like, "Oh man, that sucks." And then he's like, "You could be there today, though, right?" And I'm like, it's "Like you have no idea no, what I've been through. What? You have and no he was concept." Like, guilted me into like we took one day off, but then we had to go do another shoot. Uh, it's insane that he kept pushing it. Oh yeah. So we had this show, I was living there, and we had this show in Houston that I was supposed to fly out for, and I was like really worried because it had been snowing, and it was like, you know, in the negatives outside with the wind chill and everything, and I woke up early for to catch this flight, and it's clear outside, so I'm like, all right, maybe I'll be able to, to mm-hmm. leave and make this show, and then we, I checked the weather, and it's negative 35 outside. Jesus. And I jokingly said to, uh, like my roommate at the time, I was like, I wonder what temperature jet fuel freezes at. Cause it looks clear outside, but it's so cold. Can like these planes take off? Yeah. And then I looked it up and it's like 
negative 35 is where jet fuel starts to freeze at. So I, you know, get contact with the airport and it's like nothing's going in or out because like once they get on the ground, it's so cold that 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 gasoline just turns to slush. Yeah. And once you get up in the air, it's even it could be worse. I think it warms up once it gets churning. But either way, it Mm -hmm. was so cold that like no flights could leave because they had like a a a, sl- a fucking slurpee in there inside yeah. their airplanes. So that was like probably the craziest like cold story that I've got that sucks. from there. I mean that was a while that was a wild two years to live in Chicago. Oh, wait. Also let's uh let's get out of the pain department. Because yeah. I know another story you needed to tell. <laughs> let's get let's do something positive. Get By the way I'm posit- like I was a little distracted because I I uh, was thinking about that director. Yeah, and I, he is did you like, find him? Um, I'm close because okay. I've. It's funny I've had the same email address for so long. Yeah, and like the search terms have brought me back to places where I'm like trying to find like it's awful great. work. It's great. Yeah, but I was trying to find it because I like Google never lets go of anything. I thought that was really important at the time, sure. but now I'm like because I am in the shoes of the dude who was like hiring me. I'm like, oh dude, that's just like so not worth it to put like a kid through yeah 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 like if i was shooting some like dumb internal like white Sox, if you you were like it was mm -hmm. like we're interviewing like white Sox like management Mm -hmm. it's like yeah i would just be like dude why am i gonna shoot this in the blizzard what if that dude was like born and raised in chicago and he was just like you wimp yeah (laughs) you know this is that you should be used to this by now or something like that but no no there's there's a level where it gets so cold that it it's was like, like the ultimate non-union. You, you, you literally kill you, you know. Yeah, they've got like squads of of home, you know, cops rounding up homeless people so they don't freeze to death, and they still have like twelve or thirteen people die from exposure. Yeah, every year. Um, but what I was gonna make you tell oh, is, yes. um, well, you have two stories right now. You just uh, spoiler alert. Okay. Well, I'll let you start. Yeah, let's you go. Met White, you met White. You met Ice T. Okay, and so if you if we told this on the last we scanned it, we were trying to make sure you didn't tell us I in don't the last think, episode. I don't think we did. But I think maybe I told you this like in an Off-pod? outside conversation. But yeah. so so my exclusive news to bring the co- prod- podcast, because I like to bring something fresh to you guys every time. First it was Sebastian Bach. Yep, that was huge. Video. That was pretty big. <laughs> this this is pretty big too. I just got done finishing basically writing and tracking a song for the next body count record so i've been Fucking collaborating insane. with ice t so i guess i'll tell the 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 origin story behind that because it's pretty funny we played a festival uh i believe it was this fest called aftershock in sacramento mm-hmm. and oh this is great um we we're supposed to go on at like two or three o'clock and our drummers from houston and it was like game seven of the like uh, the league, like like the league finals, like to go to the World Series or whatever. I think it was Astros Yankees. He's a Astros fan. They end up winning. Mm-hmm. He gets so drunk he misses his flight. Right. So like he's like I can get in by like four o'clock, and we somehow convinced this festival to like push the show back for us. We end up playing over like Steel Panther or something. They keep our stage open later so we can still play the show. So he he, he just got trashed, missed his flight. But but because of that, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> Ice T ends up 
catching the set. And our tour manager at the time, so like we get done. I didn't know he had caught the set at all. Our tour manager comes in. He's like, hey, uh, Riley, you're uh, being summoned to Ice-T's dressing room. I guess That's so sick. I guess uh, you, uh, I guess he saw the set or something and wants to say what's up. And I was like, okay. And uh, I was like, please come with me. I don't want to go alone. I don't know what this is going to be like. And uh, it's uh, I go in there and it's like uh, the room's packed. There's probably like eight to 11 dudes in there. He's got like three bodyguards, the whole band. His son is in there, whatever. So I walk in. And he's like, oh, look who it is. Lil Jumpy Mane over here. And he's like, you guys were fucking killer. And then he was being really cool. Started asking a lot of like nice, sincere questions and like it, it was just very chill, but the 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 best part is is our tour manager at the time was like, I don't want to be another body in the room, but uh, T, I gotta tell you, um, the first time I ever masturbated to completion was to the back of the Power record, where you got that chick in a thong holding like an AK forty seven or whatever, and the whole room just like blows up with laughter, and I was like, that's pretty funny, right? And then out of nowhere, Ice T's son, he's like, "Yo, man, that's my mom." <laughs> <laughs> and, and and so it turns out that that was Ice T's first wife yep. that he had a son with. So it was great because I feel like iconic it was like a, album art, by like, the way. Like, yeah, totally, iconic. totally. And and it was just he just kind of was like, "Well, I'm out of here," and just got the that's fuck the out of there. It's front and back, right? Yes, yes, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, uh, I felt like that was a good little like they thought that was so funny. So I was like, great, we left him with like a nice little memory. Met Ice T, we gave him a shirt. He yep. like rocked it on stage, cool. And then a couple weeks before this tour, we leave. Before we're leaving, uh, I get hit up by some people, and they're like, uh, Ice T wants you to track this body count song. And I'm like, okay, what do you guys want to do? Do you want me to like? get in the studio with ice like what's what's the deal and they're like well he's recording svu right now in new york and he basically has a studio on call and just shows up whenever he feels like it so i could have been flown out there sat around for a week and maybe he didn't meet me at all and then the day i left you know like tuesday on like a 4 a.m he wants to go into the studio yeah. or whatever so they send me the music to the song and they're like, just, we think you're a good songwriter. Try and craft something. So I sort of came up with this idea where, you know, it's got like a very traditional song structure. So I did like a, you know, like a verse chorus sort of thing. And I, uh, I had my friend, uh, emotional Zan come into the studio. He's a local Dallas rapper, really great kid, like really talented. And I had him come in and freestyle where I thought Ice-T should be over the song. And so we just send them over the stuff, and we're like, look, you guys can use this, you can tank it, whatever. But they came back super excited to the point where uh, like Ice-T even used some of my, my friend's lines. And this kid's only like 21, yeah. so he's freaking out. And I, I wish I could play the song for everyone. I heard it. It's really good. Yeah, it's it's And it's, it gets it's me catchy. excited, too, because I'm a body comp fan. Yeah, and it I, sounds I, like it's the way you would want a new body count album to sound. The the great thing is is like I feel like they really they 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 didn't force it. Like it feels like a song 
that I should be on. Yeah. That we wrote together. And I told, I came up with the concept for it, uh, about the story about this police officer, Amber Geiger. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know about this, but this is a really interesting story. And in Dallas, I guess, uh, about a year ago, this cop came home, um, pretty sure she was drunk uh, yeah. and she thought she was entering her apartment and she enters the wrong apartment and sees a guy just on his couch watching TV and she fucking shoots him dead. Right. Yeah. This, uh, she this, got charged, right? She, she got charged. She got convicted. It's like 10 years. Yeah. If that or whatever. But the really fucked up thing is the main witness was supposed to testify. It, there was a guy who I think lived across from the other apartment so we heard basically some commotion some words and then her shooting right mm -hmm. and uh he was like a very key witness and he was going to testify again in a civil suit against the dpd and then a week after she got convicted this guy gets murdered oh my god in a bad drug deal i remember this yeah uh, yeah and but the thing is is where the drug deal went down. Um, my girlfriend and I lived in that apartment complex. No way. It's gated. It's trolled by police officers constantly. It's like people are up in your business. There's cameras. Like there's no way that someone was trying to do. A it, drug it's in deal an there. affluent part yeah, of yeah, Dallas. Yeah, I can imagine. Not affluent, but like it's in an. There, no one. The, the story was that it was a bad weed deal from some guys from Louisiana. It's like. No one drives from Louisiana to pick up a bunch of weed in Dallas. Like, they'll probably more likely drive to Alabama or something mm -hmm. like that. That's just, it's, it was, it's so obviously a fucking hit. And why would you meet at like a corporate, like apartment complex? Yes, you know? exactly. It, like and the that's what it was. place in the world. Right. And, and it's, 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 it's shaded. It's actually tucked underneath the highway. It, it was like when I found out it was, the uh, Terra Apartments, I was like, that is the perfect place to do a hit job. That's crazy. So it's fucked. And the 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 the, the wild thing is, is I I I basically floated that idea over and didn't know how it would go, given Ice plays a, you know a cop on TV, and he was down. Like yeah. like I think they were really into the idea because I think I think he's got the right mindset where it's like you know. We need, we obviously need like detectives and yeah. people to solve murders and rape cases. Like SVU is in a semi-important show in that yeah. regard, and showing the good things that we got to get rid are, of the sickos, people, police <laughs> that are capable. Of, well, you know, it shows yeah. the good things that police can be capable of. But I think like the frustration it comes down to those beat cops, the people on the street oh, yeah. who just like are allowed to live above the law. Look at that fucking UPS truck. That was that insane. Just, that is crazy. And that happened in Texas. Yep. And it, dude, like these guys just cosplaying. Oh, wait, the UPS, that was, I thought that was or, Florida. Or, was it Florida? Yeah, okay. Maybe it was Florida. I, I mean, sworn it was outside of Houston, Pretty but, similar States, but like, Hey, let's kill they're the driver, using, like, the civilian hostage, cars. the bystander. It's a full-on Call of Duty mission. It, it looked like it looked like when you have like four stars in Grand Theft Auto. No, hundred percent. Yeah, it was. It, it it is so surreal to watch that. It is. It's like an old. It's like an old time thing too. Yeah. Because it was like before cops figured out like, oh yeah, we shouldn't. Uh, there's no need to chase somebody down who like stole jewels. 
Like there's insurance. No. Also, we, don't even we have need to pursue detectives people. for that. Yeah, because if it's worth a certain amount of money, like if it's grand larceny, there's guys who are going to investigate that. Yeah, and there's easy ways to track jewelry. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless they're just like well, they had a helicopter on the guy too already. I think too. it's fucking nuts. That's that why it there's so many. That. You know, LA is famous for the police chases, yeah. but it's because we have all the helicopters. That's why. Right. That's like why there are. I mean, there's a lot that happened here but it's because it's like a slow pursuit usually yeah and they broadcast them yeah and there's like a million helicopters all over la mm-hmm. so um whereas new york i don't and think those you could things just like fly you can't around. you can't really get away from those no no not really somebody no. there's videos of people doing it though which is yeah funny. i've seen a couple there's that one of that guy right that's that's la where he just like does an epic hop over a fence oh yeah right or like a concrete about. wall and he's just gone Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I think, can't yeah, remember. Yeah. There's one where this man must have cleared like a ten foot wall. There's just, um, it's it's wild. My favorite guy. Shout out Stu Mundell on Twitter. It's uh okay. The K uh the KCBS I think is the network, but he's like the helicopter pilot for oh, the sick. news camera. Okay, but he, I mean, he's really active on Twitter. So like, actually, you find out. A lot of like breaking news. He'll be like tweeting it like yeah, while it's happening, yeah, and yeah. just like silly stuff too. He'll be like, you know, on his way home, like drive over something and like tweet it out. Uh-huh. But the funniest shit is like, cause I'll when there's a chase, I'll like turn on the news, and it'll be like Stu Mundell, uh, you know, his camera angles, and then like it'll be finished, and he'll be like tweeting. I'm like, dude, this man's tweeting from the helicopter. From the helicopter. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know yeah. he's that's, 100% that's tweeting. Gonna, like, He's probably so stoked on his job. Yeah. Like, oh, no. He has an ill job. Love it. Yeah. Did we get some pretty good police chases in Dallas, actually. I there believe was, it. There was one that ended not too far from my house the other day that actually ended in a fatality. It was like a kidnapping, and then they killed the guy i'm not gonna name any names but uh you you do live for the podcast heads you live pretty close to a certain uh perfusionist on twitter that i'm a big fan of remember i was trying to ask you about oh yeah yeah, i don't want to talk about him but yeah yeah for people who know what i'm talking about are you going to i'm I'm not doing you're gonna leave him alone um all right what else yeah the good news was yeah, got Ice to do tea. a song with Body Count. Yeah, and, uh, like, that's Ice, kind Ice of a dream the coolest come person, true. in my opinion, the coolest person in the world. He really is. Can you top that? I mean, a lot he of people. He has such a woke mindset. Like you know, he's very open minded, and he's very. He has like five accepting. different careers going at so once, many and careers. each one of them is like cooler than I'll ever be. Yeah, Just SVU alone more successful than anything. SVU I'll ever alone. Do. I mean, that rules. Yeah. Like he could just be that. But then also, of course, his entire rap career. Then you have Body Count. Yeah. Um, the Gamer Ice T, and then just his Twitter. <laughs> oh yeah, no, his Twitter alone. I mean, being like, in like a hardcore band and a rapper, and you're on SVU. Someone's gonna do a book of just like Ice T quotes. Oh yeah, he you rules. Know? I love his. I love his concept. I love. I love what he said about Twitter, where it's just your own self curated chat room. Yeah. That was that was a great. That, a that was a great way. To like distill Twitter into what it is. He's a great, he is a powerful user, but I mean, he gets mad on there often, which I like. But the funniest is you when, know, like, it's like fake mad. Yeah. Though. He's like sitting back laughing. Oh, 100%. Yeah. No, but the funniest is uh, like I'll just wake up and at like 9 a.m., he'll just have a tweet that's just like, 
clown motherfuckers dot 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 yeah, yeah. and i'm just like i don't yeah. even know what he's mad about yeah <laughs> he's like it's so he's always sick. like talking about like this is my chat room like i'll block you motherfucker yeah like, punk yeah bitch. i but, love like, it i still don't know like what people are doing to piss him or off or saying yeah yeah because you sure never get to see it i'm sure it's just a bunch of fucking like just robots and twitter yeah. eggs just like assaulting him for being kind of left you know? Yeah, maybe because he's super like being like, "How dare you play a cop?" or and then I don't know, write yeah. songs about killing cops, and it's like, "Come on, he's yeah. been doing that for so long." Mm-hmm. And if anything, like like I said, I think SVU is a positive show. Yeah, it is. It is, and they do episodes like you that know? are critical of the police. What I want to do totally. What I want to see is a Dick Wolf. Uh, I want to see a spinoff Dick Wolf show where it's just about New York beat cops. Where they don't do anything. They just, like, do stop and frisks. They yeah. just, like, harass a bunch of Puerto Rican guys oh, who have, like, illegal tents. Yes. And then the rest of the episodes are them eating. Or, like, an entire season arc. But it's arc, really intense. It's, or, no, or the opposite, where yeah. it's, like, the entire season arc, like, the plot of the entire season is, like, somebody's car gets broken into... And then they spend an entire season like not showing up. <laughs> it's like it takes, all, it takes a whole season for them to finally go and be like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Think, think you're screwed, man." Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, sorry, can't do nothing about it. Yep, that'd be that would be fantastic. It's just about regular they, cops. Yeah, every in season New York. they never solve a single thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely useless. It's a good that'd idea. You should do it. Um, what else do you got, Riley? I don't know. Um, well. So your last last w- leg of the tour. This is this is yeah we got we got two days left. I mean by the time this airs the tour will be over. But yeah these are our last shows for 2020 and then we got to get into the studio and like record a new album. You got to grind. Yeah we got to grind. We got to get into the grind. You guys were one of my top Spotify artists. This year. I saw that. I, I was really excited to see. I that. mean you're that on my a, running playlist though. It's I it's so funny because I don't run. I don't exercise. Like the the set is kind of my like extra form of exercise but so many people hit me up just like did a pr did my best Mm -hmm. you know like my best 5k all this stuff listening to it i'm like i love that like it's it's supposed to be you know music that fires you the hell up so my favorite uh my favorite stories from the episode you were last on where a guy was like came back from the military and was like i've killed people to oh music, that bro. that was code orange not oh not, he said not, code orange. not me but not us but like it makes me wonder if you know there's been any war crimes committed like while someone's listening to our band because we do have you know people in the military come up and tell us that they love us all the time and it's like i don't maybe you should just ask them like, I, hey man I, thank you for your service by the way just curious you have you done any war crimes of yeah. any sort? Uh, yeah. <laughs> i'm not actually judging you actually i just want to know um speaking of war crimes uh one time we uh decided to waterboard our tour manager in our hotel room because we oh, were wow. really wondering what the sensation of waterboarding was it was yeah. like this is very early days of power trip but we were like it was like when all the torture stuff was coming out, and we were like, let's find out what waterboarding someone is like. Yeah. So our tour manager walks out from taking a shower, <laughs> and our drummer and our merch, merch guy pin him down. I put a, put a Jesus. towel over his face. He's screaming. He's like, what is going on? And I'm like, I'm just going to waterboard you. We just want to see what this is like oh for my a minute. God. He's like, ah, ah. He's also a, a Persian man, so he's... <laughs> 
<laughs> Middle Eastern descent. This and, sounds like a hate crime. Uh, it, 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 he, he got over it. He might have PTSD. I don't know. But <laughs> you he, had to do it to the Persian we guy. We did it for like, we did it for like f- maybe five seconds. And yeah. he was like, stop, stop. Like it yeah. was, it got really intense really fast. And then I, to be fair, like you let the towel over my face and like did it. And I was like, oh, I see what you mean. Like yeah. you really get this sensation of drowning yeah. when you're like upside down and that water is just like coming out of your, like going in your sinuses oh, that sounds and you awful. can't flush it out. It's. Is he yeah. still your tour manager? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> he quit? No, he went on to bigger and better things. Oh, okay. He's actually uh, uh, Ghost Mane's tour manager right now. Oh, really? Yeah. There's Wait, who who was? It's Sherwin. Do you know Sherwin? No, but my friends work with Ghost Mane. Which ones? Uh, Mike Power and Tim Smith. Okay, those They're must like be two management. people I don't know. So, inter- interestingly enough, there's like six people loosely affiliated with me or power trip or texas uh with ghost main most people are probably not going to care about this but like his dj is is one of my like best friends from texas who had like a lot of drug problems for years got himself clean he's been making electronic music forever and eric gave him a chance and he's crushing it so like eric is ghost main or yeah whatever. sure so i i'm i'm super proud of him um our, our merch guy hood is actually working for him Damn, a guy, he's taking all your shit dude yeah he's actually taking all of our shit have you we, ever had uh have you ever had beef with other bands no uh not like outright beef. festival beef oh actually you know what yeah, I'll tell this one. Okay. So one time, you're familiar with the band Suicide Silence? Yeah. So one time we played this festival with them, and it was in Dallas, so it was on our home turf. And we were playing this stage that was kind of doing like a back and forth thing, and then they were going to do like a 30-minute changeover after our set, and Suicide Silence was going to have the whole stage. Well, apparently, the lighting guy showed up around like 8, AM or something like that and set up all their lights and then fucked off. And I didn't know that this was their special writing lighting rig or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So we start playing the set and we had this weird inside joke. That's not worth explaining, but we had a bunch of like champagne bottles and boxes of cereal and we're throwing them around everywhere while we're playing. This is like 2012 or so. No, 20. I can't remember, but it was a while back. Now we take ourselves a little more seriously but sure. we did this kind of gag at this festival where we were just like throwing shit everywhere and uh i guess my mic cable got wrapped around this dude's light and i just yanked it and i guess i broke the light in it mm. and the guy from suicide silence it was just like a worker he was in like a work shirt or whatever yeah he's super pissed about this and i didn't know this but our, our our drummer was actually playing lead guitar at the time and he's wearing shades and he's like ripping into a solo and this guy is flipping him off like like three inches from his face right <laughs> so he looks over he looks over and he's like what the fuck and uh, there's a great video of it and he just fucking kicks this guy like oh right like right in like the like thigh or something and the guy's like oh and he falls back well what happens is he turns around and he grabs one of those champagne bottles and he rears back like he's about to like brain Chris with this this bottle but Chris's back is turned. Yeah. And our friends managed to like 
uh, like wrapped this guy's arm up and they're like, if you fucking do this, like you're dead. There's a, there's like 40 of our friends. It was like code orange harm's way. Like all these uh, rotting out, all these bands of friends of ours were backstage watching us. Yeah. We had like three of our hundred of our friends up front because then their whole crew starts rushing on stage to all this commotion. They have this huge tour manager guy who is like ready to throw a punch at me. I have our like mic stand keeled back like I'm ready to baseball swing him. And we're, we're sitting there like th- this, this, if, if you guys do this, there might be like 12, 18 of y'all. There's 40 to 200 plus of us. Like you're in our hometown. You're, you're going to get crushed. Yeah. And then like we managed to diffuse the situation. We didn't want to cause a problem and luckily nobody got hurt, but the, the kind of, and we didn't have any direct beef with the band. They actually came up and to apologize to some of the other members of our band. And I guess like fired that guy. But the funny thing was, is, we go up to the promoter's office to go get some beer and the lighting guy's in there complaining to the promoter. And he's like, man, this is like a however many hundred dollar light. And like, I'm on the hook for it. And he's kind of just sitting there like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not paying for it. You can try and go get money out of that band, but good luck. And we like walk in and he's like, and there's the fucking asshole who kicked me. And like, Chris was just like, do you want to show me where it hurts? (laughs) <laughs> pussy and like the dude was like fuck you and he it, it, he was so upset but i guess after that like a couple people from their crew quit they were just like so embarrassed oh my god told. i ran into a kid who was like yeah i quit who was doing tacking and like he was like yeah I, I i bailed after that it was embarrassing so Is this video online somewhere uh no it was like a like a uh it, it wasn't a, a big deal or anything so uh you saw a video of it or something though, someone right? got a video of it but i i don't think i could i could dig it up if Damn. i if i do i'll be happy to send it to you yeah. before maybe before the episode hits but uh no we we there's there's people i'm not gonna name names there's people in certain bands that i really really don't like but usually like the sad part is is that the other members of the band can be great yeah. you know like um, but I, no, no band beef. We, we, we're really, we're really easy to get along with. I feel like, you know, you nice and we boys. go, we go with the flow a lot. You know, it's like, uh, it's just, we've done this for so long. You know, when we see younger bands trying to grind it out or like we've seen enough like bigger bands and know when someone's kind of like being an asshole or not, you know, uh, just being an, being extra or whatever. Just yeah. like, so it, it is what it is. You're not going to get along with everybody. I will, I will not say who, but one time in Europe, at one point in time, I was so mad at an older guy that we were on tour with. He kept like sunning me. Right. Oh Yeah. Just like, son, back when I saw Bad Brains at CB's, GB's in the day, you know, just trying to fucking cool guy me. And I and I had the window breaker to the bus, the little, like, pin, mm-hmm. the little, like, metal pin that you, like, emergency break oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had it in my hand, and I was like, if you sun me one more time, I'm going to crack your fucking skull. <laughs> and he was just looked at me like... 
Like I, I hadn't slept in days. I was like so sick of being around these old men, like just like disrespecting us, sort of. Not all of them, like but lecturing some. you. Was it that? that it's not like lecturing, but it's just like, like their opinions are so much more valid because they were like old yeah. and like around for it or whatever. You know, just kind of like it, it's just that. That that old man's superiority like kind of come yeah it's just condescending I mean like you know what I mean when I say sunning something yeah like, like oh son back in my day brr, brr, brr. it's like dude sh- shut up you know yeah. like <laughs> I'll say this this guy if if the he 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 thinks that he's the dude from the Big Lebowski he yeah. like he he's a California guy who who talks and acts like the dude wears the dude t-shirts he performs barefoot in boot cut jeans and a straw cowboy hat smart metalheads might be able to figure this out yeah but i'm, I'm not gonna, figure I'm it out just right now. not gonna say i don't think you'll figure it out he's not like a like a really like it's not like a household name i'll tell you afterwards i'm but, gonna pause it you could tell me yeah. Okay. I don't even know who that is, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a pretty obscure one, but yeah, you would have to be a big. A you'd deep have to be a head. really deep metalhead. Your hair would have to be past the nipples and like, maybe gray. Yeah, maybe, maybe gray. gray. But yeah, just like straight up working at a. Mm-hmm. You would have to be a metalhead that works at a blockbuster still somehow. Yeah. That's the knowledge. Yeah. You have to be working at a. A VHS rental place now. We've had a lot. That's of, how metal you'd have to be. We've had a lot of negativity in this episode. I feel like have we not? We just talked a lot about a dark, dark things. Me well, almost rainy, ki- me almost killing out. a guy. Yep. Um. Uh. You know, a cop shooting an innocent person. Well, that was jobs, that was related almost to you dying. writing a song with body sure. count. So positive. I figure we should end on a positive note. Yes. So, what would you like to talk about? What should well, we do? Well, you were telling me a little bit ago about Indonesia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just before we started this tour, we did probably the craziest trip we've ever done as a band. We went to, we went to, we got invited to the show in Indonesia, which, like, you can't get further away from Dallas, Texas, no. than Indonesia. I think if you dug a hole through the center of the earth, you'd come up pretty close to Indonesia on the other side. Yeah. So we get invited to play this festival and uh, it's it's like the only other band I recognize is the 80s band Extreme, known <laughs> for their hit song More Than Words off their sophomore album Extreme 2 Porno Graffiti. <laughs> uh, another big hit of theirs is a song called What the Funk. It's pretty good. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Um, but so it's like 32 hours travel there. You fly from Dallas to Tokyo. You have this crazy layover. Then you fly to Jakarta where the show actually was, was yoga Jakarta, which, Hmm. or I might say, I might be saying that wrong. It's like yoga Jakarta, yoga Jakarta, whatever, but it's in the middle of the, the island. And I didn't know this, but Indonesia is like the third biggest democracy in the world. So we do this crazy flying schedule to get there and then when you land in yoga yukarta and walk out it's like an open air uh uh airport and as soon as you walk out it's just like mopeds you look like you're in like a a third world country and then we get in this van and we're driving through the city for like 30 minutes and it's like everything you expect from like 
going to a place like that for the first time, guys like in the middle of the street selling like chicharrones yeah. and like just like and water and like people zooming in and out like five like a family five deep on like one moped like yeah like the opening credits every, to a every, movie every like establishing yes, shots yeah like like it was like the opening to the raid or something yeah. like that you know like which yeah that was Indonesian um uh it, and then it's like you know <laughs> guys squatting by like a derelict building coffee shop moped mm-hmm. moped uh uh mechanic place more guys squatting moped shop whatever so we but then suddenly out of nowhere we pull into this like absolutely gorgeous just blocked off resort and we get out and they've got these like lychee drinks for us they've got like flowers to put on us there's all these photographers we've never been treated this way it's like it was like we were fucking rock stars right and that's nuts and uh yeah like it, it this 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 uh uh this resort was actually like uh uh convert the hotel was converted out of an old temple so it's got all these like crazy temples everywhere and little shrines and stuff and um they actually like <laughs> they built a <laughs> they built a, a fucking sick like like water park quality slide <laughs> like through a shrine and that ends up in this pool area. But this resort is like clearly where you're supposed to stay the whole time. It's a yeah. it's huge. It has like walking paths. It has like a nine hole golf course. Some of our guys went golfing and there was like, like groups of people just like huddled in the bushes watching them <laughs> because there was just like white men playing golf yeah. and they had never seen that before or and like guys they were wearing like rocker clothes yeah, yeah. you know so but they got some of our guys golf and they like got hooked up with caddies and they looked surprisingly like minions it was really it was really cute they all had like matching outfits on yeah. that were like that looked like minion outfits but pink yeah and little hats it was great but uh you're clearly like like the food everything you're just supposed to stay in this resort area mm-hmm. right but we're only there for like 36 hours so i end up uh i end up staying up all night and i like walked out of the resort for a little bit and maybe made it two blocks down the street before i was like fuck this i gotta go back like it was like and i do not get sketched out in sketchy neighborhoods i usually know how to carry myself but i was like this is so eerie because i didn't see anyone really but i didn't know like if people were around i don't Mm -hmm. know like what like the homeless situation is there so i just like walked back and then the next morning i told our handler what i had done and she was like do not ever do that again oh my god are you serious did you really do that and you know like (laughs) all this stuff but we had dude we had like a press conference that was televised we found out we were headlining over extreme which is crazy oh nuts and then we end up playing the show, and it's the biggest headlining show we've ever played. And it's in a place we've never been on the opposite end of the world. Yeah. It was the, it, there's probably about 8,000. They loved it. Did they go crazy. 8,000 people there. Nuts. It was awesome. I cannot wait to go back. We're going to do, ja- we're going to do Jakarta and Bali ne- or Bali or whatever. Bali, next yeah. Bali. Yeah. Next year. And I can't, I can't wait to see what it's like because. 
because it was so mainstream for them there yeah. that I'm wondering if we go back and it's just like we're like a radio band or something yeah. over there. I don't, I don't know. You know, it, it, it was televised on TV. I think they had like drone footage. Oh, that's it's, sick. It's, it's, Is there it's, footage online? I think so. Yeah. 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 There's definitely footage online. It's, it's just, what was the festival called? It was called fuck, it's like, yo J O G A rock <laughs> Arda. So it's like yoga Ricarda. I'm looking for it right now. Maybe. Um, or God, if you do I, like Power Trip Extreme Indonesia, maybe it'll come up. Um, but the people there are so nice. It was it was so cool. Like it was the most accommodating. Yeah, thing I can't ever. find the name of the festival. At least not while I'm like multitasking. Oh, to, jo- oh, I found it, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jog, dude, we're so white. I know. Jog Jarak Karta. Yeah, and it's like yeah, yo, yeah. It's like it's just yo-yo. the name of the town that we can't pronounce or the city. No, rather. no. Apparently, it used to be the capital. And they had like some kind of like, oh mar- dude, there's yeah, there's like system. drone footage of the pit and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's at night. Oh yeah, they're, dude, this is pretty huge. I mean, it was it like outdoor in a field with like a a, a built up stage and everything. It was look at you, rock star mode up here, dude. I know, full man. on eighties energy. Oh it, yeah, they love it, dude. Yeah, this rules. It was also incredible watching like eight thousand foreign people sing along to more than words. Yeah, which extreme kind of killed it. They were pretty yeah. good. They were pretty good. They rocked pretty it. Pretty good. They're also, the, they, after the video ends, there's like a list of all these sponsors I do not recognize. There's like so many no, festival no. sponsors, but yeah. they're all like Indonesian companies. Oh, dude. But then I, you also see in there like Hyatt. <laughs> we got it. We got like a special message from the president of the country. Apparently, oh my God. he's a metalhead. And he was like, I'm sorry, I can't make it. I'm busy. But like, I love to support this festival and have a, I hope you have a great time and like all this stuff. It was. Wait, who's. Uh, which country has the president or uh, prince who has like that huge back tattoo? It's <laughs> always showing up in shorts and shit. I don't know. Oh my god! I don't know who it might be about. worth like pausing to show you this guy. Hang on. All right, we paused it. This is literally so dumb, but uh, I cannot even Google. I we you saw me. That's try to a Google tough this. Google. It's a really tough Google because I can't even remember. Get the country. I can't remember his title or what country he's yeah. from. It's a Southeast Asian country, I believe. But it's like Maybe. he's got he's like either a prince or king or like I don't think he's an elected official. Yeah. But there's definitely a dude who's like powerful in one of those countries and he mm-hmm. has like a ripping back tattoo. I I I I that reminded me of something, but now I'm I'm starting to fucking lose You haven't it. slept, dude. I know, I know, I know. I but, invite but, you over to take a nap. I know. You I have don't even not th- I don't even know if I'll have time to. I might have to head back to the venue pretty soon. Damn. That's okay. That's okay. I'll be able to get it. I'll squeeze I mean, I was trying little, to share my sectional couch with you. know, you, it dude. looks really comfortable. Maybe I will. Yeah, but give it a shot. I don't even know. I don't even know what time we're at. Um, but we could end this. I this turned out a, a lot better than I expected it this, to this given episode. my mental situation. Yeah, you need yeah. a nap. Yeah. We'll you see. need a nap. Thank you for having me again. Absolutely. Thanks uh, for coming back no on. No thanks to Brandon. Yeah, no thanks to Brandon. Me. Well, wait. You said he's helping homeless people right now. Yeah. Are you I lying? mean, he's vo- he's I don't know what he's doing. He's volunteering <laughs> for uh, our friend Hayes does he's homeless He's just out there work. taking selfies with I homeless people. I know Hayes people. is doing some work. Okay. But um That's good. If yeah. they're out if they're Brandon's, out helping I think Brandon's helping. Good. Good. But good. you know. Well, good. Never mind. I take it back. Brandon. He is. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't confirm the type of work, but he is volunteering 
mm-hmm. for homeless outreach right now. So good, good for, for you, Brandon. Yeah. You know. Well, that's a positive note to leave it on. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for coming on. Maybe I'll see you next year. Yep. Yeah. Bye, y'all.